0: blog
1: talk radio hey guys who are listening now or who's gonna who's gonna listen to the podcast later welcome i'm glad you're here i'm gonna go uh get make sure my father gene i know he's okay but i i want to just go double check and make sure he gets on with zero problem okay that's all good <laughs> anyway thanks guys hold on one sec Okay, we're live, and I've, I've got Jane on, everybody that's listening now, who's going to listen later. And, um, Dad, I know you're talking about Ruth today, great love story in the Bible. I love love stories. We had a great one just recently last weekend with Jesus' birthday. Wasn't that a great love story, <laughs> right? What do you think about that? Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah, so what a what a follow-up. As I can talk that love story, um, you know, I had a friend of mine. She goes, why did Jesus, how did he know me? Why did he die for me? good one uh, but she accepted Jesus and so here she is here she is uh, serving so tell us uh, why did you choose Ruth and um, it's a great subject I love Ruth I love her story that's only her story
0: all right I want to talk to me about Ruth because uh, I just felt led to be do uh, a exegetical rule I mean a um, story about Ruth uh, Ruth is a small book. It has, you know, the sixty-six books in in the Holy Bible, Protestant Bible, and uh, it's the eighth book. It's only about two pages, maybe three, depending upon translation you get. But there's a great love story and a great and a great prophecy in the, in Ruth. But uh, let's let's start out with this. You know, in the uh, in the book of Ruth. In the first days, you'll find that Judges ruled the land. That you know Joshua brought the men, settled the land, gave them peace and quiet. and Then Judges began to rule. Judges began to rule. As they ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man in Bethlehem, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in another country. You know where they went? They went to Moab. It was against the law to go to Moab. Because God restricted Moab from them because Moab was evil. Uh, you know how, Moab, well, I'm not going into the uh, nature of Moab, but we'll do that another time. But there was Naomi and uh, her husband and her two sons. And there's two, Abimelech was her husband. And her son, is Milan mm. and Kilan. They're all from Bethlehem. And now in even like Nehemiah's husband died and she was after his sons. You know, they, they died at an early age. And they married the two sons, did what God told them not to do, not not to swim in, but they were not allowed to marry a, outside their tribe. But they married Moabite women. One was named Ophrah and one was named Ruth. And they lived about 10 day after they had lived there about 10 years Melan and Kilon also died. And there was poor little Naomi, the widower. She had lost her husband, and she had lost her two sons. Well, when Naomi heard in Moab, in the country she was there, that the Lord had come to his aid, to the aid of his people, and providing food, she said, well, heck, I might as well go back, because I got property there, and I'm well-known, and with her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she was living and on the road that would take them back to Judah. Naomi said something to her two daughters-in-law. Go back, each one of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness. As you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and me. May the Lord find, grant you with each will find rest in the home of another husband. She then kissed them goodbye, and she they wept aloud. I said to her, "We will not go back to with you. We will go back with you to your people." Naomi said, "Wait a minute! You can't. can be right. Return to my home, my daughters. Why will you come with me? I'm going after. I'm not going to have any more sons. Who? who why would you want to come with me me? Return, my daughters, and I. And I am too old to have another husband." Even if I was not this old, you have a have a son born to me. Would you wait for him to grow up so you can marry him? Mm-hmm. And, uh, don't don't be so stupid. Just go back to your own people and know my daughters is more better for me. She by this time, Naomi had grown away from God because she was a widower, her and plus, but she had lost her two sons. They wept. The daughters wept loud again. Oprah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. How many of you today are listening? Are you clinging to something? Are you clinging to the Lord? Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi. your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. The Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. People will be my people and your God, my God. Do you know, you know what I have just said? Your people will be my God and my God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. We Nomi realize Naomi realized that Ruth was realized that Ruth was going to determine to go there. She stopped urging her. How many of you are urging people to accept God, or you sit back every day and say God's in control, or God's not in control? Because I don't believe in God, or whatever. And there was a heathen named Ruth and Naomi, a, a distraught widower. And then Naomi said, "Go back to your gods." Do you say that to people today? Or do you witness for God? We have to witness for God. Naomi wasn't witness for God. She said, go back to your gods, and I'll go back to my God. And well, she stopped urging her. So the two women went until they came to Bethlehem. And when they arrived at Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred. You know, Ruth, uh, Naomi must have been some kind of importance. And everybody knew that Naomi was back. Here she kept tracing down the road to her to her property, to control her property, and call. And she said, "Don't call me Naomi." She told him, "Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter." You know, here was a woman named Naomi. She said, "Don't call me Naomi anymore. Cause call me Mara, because my life has been made bitter." I went away full, meaning a husband and two sons. But the Lord has brought me back empty. Everybody blames things on the Lord. You know, we live in a life, we live in a world that we can blame the Lord for everything. Do we worship him when he's, when he's real? He's always real. But the Lord has brought me back empty. Call me. Don't call me, you Naomi. Know, the Lord has afflicted me. Well, you know, it's against the law to live with the Moabites, Moabites anyway. The Almighty, Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. The Almighty has brought misfortune. So Nehemiah returned from the web, and got into a Ruth of my bike, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem at harvest time. And there she lived, bitter. Wanted to tell everybody that God had brought her back, and God had killed her husband and their two sons and her other daughter-in-law, but one daughter remained by her side. They were from the tribe of Bimelech, which is her husband's property. And there was a man named Boaz, who was one of the... His, I, I can't go into the fact of how the land was broken up and how everybody had a struggle for the land, and once the land was in their name. It always was in their name. And Ruth came to... Ruth said to him, he said, Madam, let me go into the fields and pick the leftover grain behind anyone's eyes I find favor. In other words, she wanted to go into the field of, a, of one of the harvesters, and she found favor that, found favor to pick the grain behind the leftover, which is a custom at that time. And then we said, go ahead, my daughter. So she went into the field and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working the field belonging to Boaz. Now, Boaz was one of the redeemers of Abimelech's tribe. But then Boaz arrived from, Ukraine, from Bethlehem to greet the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. Do you greet people like, praise the Lord, hallelujah, are you restored? <laughs> And you don't do anything but just gripe. Well, that's what Noah was doing. But Boaz had returned from Bethlehem in, uh, in very high spirits, and he said, The Lord be with you. And they answered back, The Lord bless you. Boaz, his overseer, who does that young woman belong to? Now, why did he notice her anyway? Well, he noticed her for one reason. I think, and probably the only reason. She was a good-looking lady. And here's a great-looking lady, young, who she belonged to. The overseer said, she's a Moabite. Oh. Uh-uh. And she came back from Moab with Naomi. And she said to the overseer, please let me glean together among the sheaves behind your harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning until now. He said for a short rest, rest in the shelter. I don't need a voice to say that. He had to talk to Ruth. So he said, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go glean in the other field. Don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. And work, watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. Ooh, getting serious now. And whenever you're thirsty, go and get drink from the water jars of men in the field. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground, and she asked him, Why have I found such favor in your eyes, that you notice me a foreigner? Boad replied, I have been told all about you, what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. Now you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with the people that you did not know. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be rich rewarded as the Lord and the God of Israel and under whose wings you have taken refuge. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord. You have put me in so need as speaking kindly to your servant. Though I'm not and don't have the standings of your servants. In the meantime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread and dip your into the wine of vinegar. She sat down with the harvesters and he offered her some roasted grain. And she ate all she wanted and some left over. She got up to glean behind the harvester's and don't, and even pulled out some stocks for her from the bottle. He the boy has ordered his uh, sh- uh, people and said, listen, pull some behind, pull out some stalks from your bundles and leave them for her to pick up. And don't, I said, again, yeah, don't rebuke her. So Ruth leaned into the fields until evening. Then she thrust the barley she had gathered in the manner of the Battle of Ifa. Which is about three quarters of a bushel. If you know what a bushel is, three quarters. I was full of her grain. She got it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had. She said, wow, you can't believe that. She had gathered, br- brought out, and gave her what she had left over, or she had eaten enough. And her mother-in-law asked her, "Where did you, where did you clean today?" Where did you work? Best be the man take notice of you. I'll tell you folks, she was a good-looking lady, only young, very striping, and she stood in front of Boaz and Boaz was taken in by her looks. And Ruth said, told her mother-in-law about the one who that she had been working. The name of the man she worked for today was Boaz. The Lord bless him. And then said, Daughter. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She said, That man's our close relative, and she, he is one of the guardian redeemers of my property. Then Ruth the Moabite said, He even said to me, Stay with my workers until we finish harvesting all my grain. It will be good for you, my daughter. Go with the women who have worked for him because in some way, as it says, you may be harmed or touched. So Ruth stayed close to the women on Boaz. They glimmed the, to the barley and the wheat harvest that was finished, and she lived with her mother-in-law, Naomi. Naomi said to her one day, My daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be well provided for. Her. Now Boaz, Who's, with whose women you can work worked with relative of ours. Tonight so he will be winnowing barley in the harbor and on the th- threshing floor. Listen now, wash up clothes, wash up good, put on perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Whoa. By this time she's done all this, and I'm telling you folks, she was a good looking lady. Then go down to the th- threshing floor, but don't let him know you're there until he is finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place he is lying, and go uncover his feet and lie down, he will tell you what to do. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Sir, that's kind of power if you don't know the truth. but He will tell you what to do. And Ruth said, well, I'm not sure about all this, but I'll go. I'll do whatever you say. She went down to the resting floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. Well, when Boys finished eating and had drinking and in good spirits, he went and lie down at the far end of the green pile. And Ruth got up from a distance and approached quietly and un- uncovered his seat and lay down in the middle of the night and something stormy. He turned and there was a woman well wow, a good looking lady lying at his feet. Who are you who are you? he asked. I'm your servant Ruth. Pray spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a garden redeemer of our family. Lord bless you, my daughter. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. I have not you have not run as a young man, rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid, I will do all you ask. All the people in my town know that you're a woman of noble character. So Nola had Ruth kept herself clean and pretty and harder and worked for her mother. But people found out about it. All the people in my town know that you're a woman of noble character. Although it's true that I am your garden redeemer, there's another one more closely arrayed than I. Stay here for the night and in the morning. If you want to do his duty as your redeemer, good. Let him redeem you. But if he's not he is not willing, as surely the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. That was a in the early times in the uh, history of Israel. You know this way you treasured a man and the way you did around a man got everything you wanted if you were noble. And here was Ruth lying at his feet. And she said, spread your garment over me. That didn't mean they made love. They didn't make love of anything. But he loved her. He didn't know it, but he loved her. And he said, you're a woman of no character. She got up to leave early morning, and he said, bring me the shawl. You don't worry. And hold it down. When she did so, he poured six mazes of barley and placed it below her. And then she went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi said, how did it go, my daughter? She told him everything the Bo had done and said. And Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens. For the man will not rest until he settles the matter today. I think it's amazing. woman that was embittered and said, I'm not new, The Lord has brought stuff on me. I'm without. God, God caused me to be unheard and to be walk by myself again. But in the meantime, Boaz boys went to the town gate and he sat down there just as the guard had, had mentioned. Boaz said, come over here, my friend, and sit down. Say one over, sit down. Something's going to happen here that most people saw on television just a few years ago. Boaz took 10 of the elders of the Satan to sit here, and they did. Then he said to the guardian the Redeemer, Naomi, who came back from Moab, is setting a piece of land that belonged to our relative, Emelech. I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of this seated here in, per- in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, do so. But if you will not, not tell me, so I will know. For no one has a right to do it except you, and I'm next in line. Well, the guys said, well, shoot, I want that property. It's valuable. I'll redeem it. Then boy said, "Okay. On the day you buy the land from Naomi, you also require Ruth, the dead man's widow, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property." But folks, you got to realize that when this land was deeded out, issued by Joshua, and each court tribe acquired the name. And the land will always remain with a dead man's widow or a man. And it will be there forever. As the guardian angel, guardian redeemer said, I can't redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I can't do it. Now, in early times in Israel, for the redemption and the transfer of property to come final, one part took off his sandal and gave it to the other a few short years ago in Israel, a man took his sandal off and flung it at George Bush. I don't know if you remember or not, but here comes as- here comes a sandal flying through the air to hit George Bush It was the same thing happens today, not the same thing as far as a wedding and all that. But the settlement reported property to them. And it was a method of legalizing the transition. The guardian said to Boaz, Buy yourself, and he removed his sandal. Boaz announced the elders and all the people, and they your witnesses, They I brought from Nehem all the property of Emulak and Kilan and Melon, I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property, though it is so is that his name will not disappear among his family or from his hometown, the day you're witness. The elders and all the people at the gate said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming to your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. we talk about Rachel as uh, of the early times, one of the pride of the uh, twelve twelve people that the Lord had brought about. And may you stand in Ephraim and be famous in Bethlehem. I thought through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like Perez, who whom came our boy, his Judah. Here is the Lord working things out. You realize that a Moabite is in the family of Christ so often happens when well, by women, evil people or their wives or sons is in the lens of Christ I think it's amazing a Christ works it out all people who trust in him who trust in believing God become his, will become his child evil people evil tribes is in the lens of Christ that's how lovingly Christ is may you realize realize Christ himself is a Christ to everyone there is no such thing as Jews and Gentiles and heathens and no heathens and, but all in Christ who believe in Christ become his child or his bride and you live forever with Christ in heaven. Christ is most well, Christ is God, but He was brought to earth in human form, and there to live with us, to be with us. And you know what? One day He's coming back for us. Are you ready? Are you ready for Christ to come back? Because Christ will accept everybody that believes in him and ask him for forgiveness of their sins. May he become part of you. That's my living Christ. Hallelujah. I, I love Christ because of what he did. Here was God himself. The devil straightened the face, and he said, you know, you're a hater. Isaiah 14 describes you, but you cannot be better than me. I will destroy your life and the lives of sin, and every who believes in me will go to heaven. You say, Are you wonderful about that? Well, back to Naomi. Naomi, she married Oez and had a child. You know what the child was? A man, a boy. And Naomi, the grandmother, took the child in her arms and cared for him. The woman living there said, Naomi has a son, and his name is Obed, who's the father of Jesse. This is it, and the father of David. So they trace the news of David back. They find out that he was father was Jesse. His father was Obed. And then he has a son. You know, that's what happens. We look back at life. And the Bible testifies that Christ will come from David. And this is his, this is his genealogy. David, the greatest king. The man after God's own heart, was he sinful? Sure. Did he forgive for his sins? You know, David always, constantly asking forgiveness for his sins because he was a sinning man, from murdering to adultery to etc. He's always looking for God for help. Do you sin? Yes. Do you sin? I'm sure you do, even as a Christian. This man speaking right now is a Christian. I love God with all my heart. I pray for him, pray for myself, pray for forgiveness every day. There's not the day passes I don't look to God and say, "God, please forgive me for what I've done." Here and that I don't remember it, but restore me righteousness. First John one John one nine says, "If you ask forgiveness, God." is required to give, forgive you of your sins and forgive you. I'm not talking about salvation. That's already taken care of. You're already written in the lamp of the Life. So today, if you sin and restore fellowship for someone, one don't take care of that. If you're not a Christian, if you believe in Christ, you understand Christ, he will forgive you and bring you to his fold. Remember that Christ is the way to go. There's no one can go to heaven through Christ except through Christ. John 14 says that. So believe in Christ. If you live a daily life, if you're you sinning in your daily life, you're going to be reprimanded by things you do. God will forgive you if you ask forgiveness. So do whatever you want to, but believe me, the Holy Spirit will guide you because when you accept Christ, you get God. It's wonderful, Christ, which is the Son, which is God, and Holy Spirit which will guide you. It's wonderful to have It's wonderful to you have God in your life, okay. Holy Spirit guiding you. Well folks, that's part I could preach for two days on naomi, Ruth, Obed, but I'd leave it there Accept Christ in Christ. Christ died for you. Take care. God bless you. Love you. That's all I got to you.
1: Okay, everybody. We're uh we'll see you next Friday and um and Dad, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how do they do this? How do they, they do can it?
0: Go to, uh then go to my Facebook, uh then go to uh under Gene Abbott or they can go to uh, my email Colonel Abbott three six six at gmail.com or then go to my Facebook, which is Gene Abbott. Or then go on my uh, uh, what is that? T, uh, oh, what, what do I
1: You want to message uh, him you can message him too. Uh, go to Messenger. You can find him under Gene Abbott as well. And uh, so that's all you have to do. Um, and just so they, they've they got enough to get in touch with you, Dad. Okay. Okay. Hey,
0: Every day, I try to do devotions, but once a week, I do a podcast. This is a podcast this week. Well, Oh, Twitter. Tweet, Twitter? Yeah. Twitter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On Twitter, I do, a, do a, a, a simple one or two three times devotion every day. I love God, folks. Believe me, I do. And I want to see you there in heaven with me. I, you know, we'll spend eternity with heaven. Maybe next week, I'll talk about eternity. I love you. I got to go crazy.
1: Okay, everybody, you take care of but You find him on Twitter under Gene Abbott, and uh, he does a daily devotion or devotion time there. And so, anyway, you guys have a great now, and we will see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.